With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Thursday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Trent Condon and myself, Ken Miller, with you right up until noon. Thanks for spending some of your morning here with us as we talk sports with you. Coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today, Chris Cuellar, uh, Communications Director, High School Athletic Association, Boys Union, mm-hmm. will join us uh, to get the very latest as, of course, the announcement. And by the way, if you had... Uh, the softball and baseball would be the first to resume play prior to MLB, NHL, or NBA. You can cash your ticket. You got that. And the line's going to be very short, I'm assuming, but good that uh, we are. We do have some sports on the horizon. I know that gets a lot of people excited, Trent. Happy for the seniors. Uh, remains to be seen if everybody plays, but we got a little clarity yesterday, and the dimmer switch went on, which was great to see. It's also great to see if you look outside. The sun. How about that? Now, I'm not saying it's going to be here for very long, so maybe enjoy it while you can. Because looking at the uh, the app on my phone, I mean, it, it was looked like a, like just a god awful weekend weather wise. Yes, it, it I mean, I know these way. things can change. They can, yes. But rain Friday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Next Saturday supposed to be sunny and sixty six. Well, Anyways. the good news is next week Monday was supposed to be the start of the baseball season for Iowa high school baseball, and since it's pushed back, I won't have to deal with rainouts. That's true. Um, Let's save that for a second because I want to start there. Obviously, mm-hmm. with uh, some big news, and obviously, it's going to put a whole lot more on your plate yeah, sure. uh, in the nights to come, and kicks and those airwaves in the nights to come as well. So, uh, Chris Quayar is going to join us. Bill Bender from the Sporting News on college football. Some news made yesterday at a couple of campuses, including one just to the north of us, uh, up in Ames in Iowa State, as they had their. Uh, their get-together, their cyber get-together, I guess that's what you call it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Jamie Pollard, uh, John Walters, and a cast, I mean, I don't know how many Cyclone fans were a part of it, and Cyclone media were part of it, and tweeting out as they uh, went along. But Jamie Pollard floated out that he clearly expects ba- our baseball football to be played at Jack Trice Stadium on the, I think it was the 5th of September, opening day, and he anticipates somewhere between twenty and 30,000 fans will be able to to make their way into Jack Trice Stadium. So we heard early in the day Gene Smith saying similar uh, about the plans at the Horseshoe. Uh, he said somewhere between twenty and 50,000. You told me that you think uh, the shoe sits about 102, so mm-hmm. that would be roughly about 50% of the capacity. So we're seeing some... Little nuggets be floated out there. A lot of schools are going to start and stop right around Thanksgiving. I want to think about what that means for basketball. Sure. Let's do the positive today, and that is football. But it sounds as though there are being some plans starting to maybe come off the uh, the chalkboard and onto some 
It's, it seems like we're headed in the right direction. Yeah, the, the positivity continues this week, and this is something that really we've been on all week long. You came in on Monday, pep in your step, and you said, I think we're going to get some good news this week, and that's certainly been the case. You had that one uh, for the people that had the baseball thing. Yeah, but that was just an opinion. You actually talked to people yesterday, and, and before uh, the governor made her announcement, mm-hmm. you were you know you were in the, in the, in the loop that um, athletic directors – kind of felt that there was about to be an announcement for the college football side of things you know the 50 percent capacity and and how that's going to play out and the financial particulars yes there's still television money for the big 10 the big 12 and on down sec across the power landscape but it's still a huge percentage that comes from ticket revenue Mm -hmm. that's still a big part of football i'm still it's difficult for me to wrap my mind around If, if we're still putting people inside the stadium and we're working towards social distancing how you can do that even at 50% capacity? Yeah. 20%? Other row? I mean, I, I don't think you can do that because you're going to be shoulder to shoulder. Right, and you can't do that. But they've got a plan. They're working it out. I'm mm-hmm. assuming that they're, they've got a computer program that's right. going to plunk people or bodies and uh, Families together. Out. You buy your tickets together, exactly. whatever it may be. Exactly. And then who's going to be in charge of upholding that you don't get yeah. too close? And going to be tough. And then that goes, uh, there's a whole other angle to this is, you know, there's 30,000 that Jack Trice will say, but... There might be 50,000 outside of Jack Trice. Will they even allow that? Is tailgate going to be allowed? What is the parking going to look like? Is that something that is completely cut off? Or do you do that on purpose? And then, you know what? We are going to have beer available at some point. Maybe we crank that up until the here and now is a way to make some... I don't know. I think that makes sense, too. I think it does, too. I mean, you're, you're looking for all those angles. And for the longest time, we talked about... I think both of us felt the University of Iowa was going to be one of the last major conference teams to go yeah, there. Pollard was against it too, though. Yeah. And now, all right, we're looking for every mm-hmm. revenue stream possible. Right. And you want to spend 11 bucks on a Bud Light Tallboy? Right. You go right ahead, and we will take the markup price on that every single time. I think it's certainly something that's going to be bandied about. Do they have the time to put it in? They got a lot on their plate. If right there's now. a will, there's a way, and Very if there's a, if there's a pile of money, and I don't know what the what that would be, but it's it, it's certainly a way to recoup some of it. But uh, back to high school base. Oh, let me finish up the show. Governor Kim Reynolds at eleven. And then at 11.35, Matt Postens covers the Big 12 for Heartland College Sports. He will join us uh, at 11.35. So that's the BMW of Des Moines guest list. You're up to date. No restaurant radio. Normally, we'd been doing it on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, it just petered out. Yeah, uh, Trent, yeah. Restaurants are opening up. Mm-hmm. We talked to over 100 of them uh, in the... How many weeks was it? Six, seven, seven weeks that we that we did this. And uh, we, we were glad to do it. And mm-hmm. if there's a need arise... and we were tired of getting hung up on <laughs> yeah, 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 so, and there was no in the, no email in the inbox. But the restaurants are getting, they're busy on their own, right? Yes, they're reopening. Exactly. And uh, so restaurant radio, it was, thank you NCMIC for making that possible. Mm-hmm. We will now devote a lot of that airtime because I saw yesterday that the farmer's market in Johnston is mm-hmm. opening up. Oh, Okay. They are, it sounds like they're going to be the first one. And you and I committed to doing two years of the, the smaller communities, the, the Johnsons, the Yankees, the Beaverdales, the Bondurants that don't have a big marketing budget. Mm-hmm. This is where we devote our commercials that we are um, allotted in mm-hmm. exchange for what we do from 10 to noon. That's our compensation. So we promised that we would, um, devote a big chunk of those 
commercials for we did last year and we'll do again this year to the local farmers markets in the area so uh, we'll do that as opposed to restaurant radio anyways let's get to the here and now and the news yesterday came that softball and baseball in the state of iowa high school wise green light as of june the first with a goal of what 15th of june of beginning seasons yep monday june 15th is going to be the start of the regular season teams can play games starting on that day so it'll be a two-week ramp-up period you know that a lot of these players are certainly still working on their arms whatever way mm-hmm. that they can. You're a baseball player. You're certainly playing at the varsity level. You're doing whatever. You're a pitcher. It's not like these guys are sitting on their couches. This is no. so much different right. than when I was playing high school sports over 20 years ago. It's it's a different level, and that's what you have. So are there going to be some guys? Are there going to be some sore arms because you don't mm-hmm. have that same kind of ramp up? I'm sure. But that's going to be the case with a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. When football gets back and practices start in college football there in June, you're going to see the same thing. Maybe more soft tissue injury and yep. the like. But it is going to be June 1st when they can officially work together. Schools are going to have to figure out what they're going to do in terms of practice. Say you got about 20 guys that are on your varsity roster. Mm-hmm. All 20 of them practice together during those two weeks. Yeah, do great you do shifts. What can you do in terms of just fielding drills and the like? And are you wearing mass during practices and well, there's you so many see, different things that are out there there are trent and i've seen on, on twitter uh pictures of the 1918 major league baseball season mm-hmm. black and white obviously pictures but still pretty cool in their own right and the guys are wearing masks yeah back in the uh in, in 1918 there was a picture of a college football game same thing and people in the stands all sitting there and you kind of see from the angle of the picture I don't know, 12 guys, Mm -hmm. every one of them was wearing a mask in the stands. And that is going to be part of the normal, at least for the the foreseeable future of what it's going to be. It's going to be decisions, what you want to do. Do you want to go to these games? Do you want to be part of that? But for the players being involved, for the coaches involved, I mean, this is going to be a lot of hurdles that they're going to have to get through in these next two weeks. So CISN, Central Iowa Sports Network, mm-hmm. that you're a part of, of course, Pete Tarpey owns it, and I'm jealous he does because it's a gold <laughs> mine, I think, especially in the circumstances we're in right now. Do you guys do baseball? Yeah, yeah. we've done. Uh, he's done a few games with me the last couple of years, probably, I don't know, 6 to 10, something uh-huh. like that. I mean, more so, you're very busy on Friday nights, I know right. for sure, and then Tuesdays and Fridays in the mm-hmm. high school basketball season. But i got to think that this year that, you know, that he might bring some eyeballs to his website by you know, making those games available on CISN. Yeah, I think Is that's, he talking about that? Yeah, that's a possibility. We've kind of talked about what kind of schedule we're going to put together how many games that I'm going to be able to do. We're meaning for Pete or for here. And then also here, we're talking right. about that, talking with Andrew Downs yesterday, um, possibility of doing at least two, three, maybe four games a week, depending on the way the week plays out. So you're going to hear a whole lot of high school baseball after the Fanatics finish mm-hmm. up, take over the airwaves. And if you're looking for something, local content, and we're still waiting for Major League Baseball, what their plan's going to yeah. be, NHL, NBA, well, we'll have Live sports on the air starting June fifteenth. Ah, that's good news. So we we don't have a schedule. I mean, nobody's got a schedule now, right? Chris Quayer maybe can shed some light yeah. on that. Have you heard? It? So let me ask you this, and you let me kind of go back a little bit. Uh, and somebody brought it up uh, on the air yesterday. One of our call, one of the somebody called into the show. And it was a great point. I mean, you know, schools with limited rosters. How are they going to? Are they going to have enough guys and particular pitchers to be able mm-hmm. to, you know, to field a team? There's only so many arms. So what are you hearing? Is this is once June 15th here, does everybody go, or are some schools kind of you know, dipping their toe in the water? Well, there's a couple of different parts of that. A, 
most of the time when we're talking, we're talking about the CIML. And there are different levels mm-hmm. of the CIML on the baseball side. You have your elites. Urbandales won right. the last two championships. Johnston seemingly is ranked number one every single year. You know, Valley, Waukee, Dowling, Ankeny, Ankeny, Centennial. Those schools are going to be there. Southeast Pokus won a couple of titles recently. They have the pitching depth that they're going to be able to survive. Mm-hmm. When you look at the city schools and really short of Roosevelt, those teams struggle. They don't have the numbers. They don't have the pitching to be able to go out there instead of the way the CIML sets their schedule. Mondays and Wednesdays is when they play their conference doubleheaders for the most part. But are you going to play a single game Tuesday and Thursday and Friday that Boy, week? You almost have to, don't you? Because if, if you want to get a lot of games in, you do right. Because did I? I, I know I saw this yesterday. The plan is to keep the state tournament mm-hmm. in place, which is what last week of July. Yes, yeah, and it goes, I think that Saturday of Championship Saturday is on a Saturday, August 1st this year. Okay. Is so, when that falls. So that's when you're looking being, at state baseball. They've got, what, you got six weeks? Mm-hmm. And you got to get a few playoffs in there to, to determine if you're going to get to the right. get to the state, get the state, right? But it might be, Johnston says, you know what, we're going to try to get, I don't know, 22 games in. Mm-hmm. And Hoover says, we're going to try to get 12 in. Okay. Just because that's the way that they yeah. set their schedule. Another thing that I wondered is the CIML's had their baseball schedule up since it came together last fall. But does it just start on June 15th oh, and those games yeah. that were supposed to be played in the three weeks before are completely off? Do they have to reconfigure their schedule completely? I would think if they're going to add an extra night. Mm-hmm. How they're going to set that up and it doesn't become Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays that you're playing those double sense. Hours to get those conference games in that you want to have and determine a true champion of each of the divisions. So let me go back to your example uh, with Hoover. Yeah. Uh, and you said Johnson plays 22 games, Hoover plays 10. So obviously you're not going to have the team with the most wins. <laughs> you would think Johnson's yeah. going to get there. Would you go by percentage of wins and losses to determine if you qualify for state or substate? They have substate in baseball, they right? They do, yeah. Yeah, it plays out just like basketball does where everybody qualifies. Everybody gets mm-hmm. into a substate. Uh, you have six different teams in each of the substates at the 4A level, and you play it off from there. The uh, the one plays the six. They do it a little different in baseball. The one seed plays the six. The two plays the five. The three plays the four. Then the best remaining seed gets a buy into the substate championship game. So. Uh, we saw a huge upset a few years ago where Hoover beat East, who was ranked number one mm. in that sub-state round. But you do see some upsets. It's pretty crazy that's happened. I think Southeast Polk's been nipped twice as one seeds by six, and that's baseball. And just shows you how different that that can be. But that's the way that it's set up. So everybody will get in. Yeah, more than likely that'll be how it'll be determined. Hoover's six and six, and another team is ten and twelve. Well, Hoover at six and six probably should have a better seed uh-huh. than the team that's ten and twelve, and you kind of figure out in that direction. But speaking of Hoover and the rest of the city schools, that still remains a question. The Des Moines Public Schools, if they're going to play, because they shut down before Kim Reynolds shut. The they state did, down. and Tom Ahart, their superintendent, he has been very outright that the schools are closed. Mm-hmm. Teachers, I'm sorry, you're not getting in, or mm-hmm. you're going in for an allotted period of time to pick up your stuff, but. Things are shut down. The parks are shut down, the ball fields, and everything that deals with the school facilities. There's going to be, I'm sure, some smaller schools that just don't have the numbers or kids that, eh, you know what, I'm just not even going to deal with it. We weren't going to be very good. But Roosevelt's a city school. And Roosevelt's going to be really good. Right. Roosevelt was really good last year. They were top 10 all season long, and they return a ton on this year's team. And that's got to be a difficult decision, too. And, And if that happens, all right, Roosevelt, we're going to allow these kids to play. Are they free agents? Now you're a kid that has a college scholarship. 
all right, I'm just going to get ready to go to August and, and go to my university or my school. You're a kid that's still maybe even hoping to glob on, to do enough during your senior year Trent, if you, to and, get and, an opportunity? If you're a free agent at Roosevelt, there's a couple of kids at East that are dying to play, and likewise at yep. North. you got to let them in. This is a... Do you go, is oof. it, all right, you have to go to the nearest school that's playing baseball to you? Hmm. So for Roosevelt, what would that be? Dowling or Valley? Well, Probably Valley Dow- would be a bu- public school. Yeah. Uh, for North, it would be Urbandale. Yeah. Or Saydell. I mean, you, you go that direction. Is it just free agency and you got wow. you got high school coaches knocking on the door? Because if it does come out that Des Moines Public School says, sorry, we are closed for shop until school starts in the fall, if that's the case, there's going to be a lot of high school baseball players that are looking to find a team to play either their final season or just play a season of baseball. You know what else there's going to be? There's going to be legal battles, too. Oh, because, yes. Because uh, somebody's, you know, my, my, I'm a lawyer and my son wants to play, and mm-hmm. how can you not let him? All these other schools are playing. And you know what? I, I would, that guy's got a case. Right. Yeah, fascinating. Chris Cuellar coming up in a few minutes. Maybe he can shed some light. So the NHL looks as though they're getting close. They're going to play 24 teams, get into the playoffs. I like that. Yeah, the top four teams in each conference are going to get a bye. Yeah, the first round of the playoffs will be a best of five, uh, and then go to the best of seven. So, and we don't know how many cities are going to be involved. Uh, nothing yesterday from the NBA, Major League Baseball. Um, boy, there's, there's a lot to get past here, Trent. I think the money, believe it or not, and I get that it's always about the money, but the money might be still on the table, but there's there's training. And are you going to be able to shower? And are you going to be able to take your therapy after the game? And, um, you know, all the stuff that you do following a game to get ready for, well, tomorrow's game. Sure. Uh, you might not be able to be afforded those opportunities. And players don't think that recovery uh, is is going to be a major issue. And they're going to have to... You know, work something out before they agree. But the thought is that uh, Major League Baseball has to come to some kind of agreement by this weekend. And Friday's Jeez. tomorrow. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean that they can't, you know, talk on Saturday or Sunday or Monday, whatever, but it seems like the, um, the window's closing. Memorial Day weekend and get this thing figured out. Uh-huh. Get the wheels rolling. You know, you hear so much June 1st. Right. That's when we want these guys to start to come back. Well, got to have agreement before that. Yep. And you have to... The back and forth that is going to continue on this one. Great to see the NHL. Speaking of the NHL, have they said, is it going to be home sites? Is it going no, to be? No, they don't. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. In fact, I read an article from one of the Winnipeg papers, and they were told there'll be no more games this year at MTS, which oh, is okay. you know, downtown Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, so I don't know where. It, I would think it would almost have to be Canadian cities, state of hockey. Yeah, Minnesota. You need indoor rinks. And rinks that are NHL size, right? I mean, they're not. You're not going to have fans in the buildings, mm-hmm. but you're you're going to have to have you know um, amenities for for some of the players. That's why I'm not sure Vegas makes sense for the NHL. They have not as know, many rinks. No, the it's Golden, hot. It's hot. <laughs> it's the desert. Yeah, they have T-Mobile and and the uh, the Golden Knights. They uh, their their practice facility is out in Summerlin, so there's two. But you're going to need a bunch, right? And every team in the Central Division made the playoffs, which is just remarkable. Oh, really? It's just incredible. Blackhawks so the Wilder are in. in. Wilder in. Yes. I, I got the Wild are going to play Vancouver in the first round. Ah, I've always hated the Canucks. Yeah, Canucks in the Wild in the first round. Um, 
anyways, that seems like uh, we're heading closer. We'll take a timeout. Chris Cuellar maybe can shed some more light on the uh, green light that was given to high school sports. He's uh, he's handles the boys with the baseball. Softball is coming back as well. June 1st, can they begin? So can you do – I mean, there's nothing stopping the catcher from Waukee from finding a field or finding somebody's backyard or something and getting mm-hmm. a couple of your teammates over – you know, to throw to them, right? I mean, no. yeah, that, you can and, do these things in advance of June 1. And let's be honest. Informal. Th- there's going to be a whole lot of high school kids, I'm going to guess, in these last two months that have been together, that have been hanging out, oh, sure. that have been playing video games together, doing whatever it is, and I'm sure you're going to see a part of that. And talking to coaches, you know, they've still been having meetings, and they've been sending them practice plans, and some of the kids have sent back video of them going through their workouts and, and going That's through their great. drills and what they're doing. Yeah. So. To think that this is just uh, June first that we're going to start baseball, we haven't touched a ball. Yeah, you're saying this hasn't caught anybody off guard, right? Well, right. And that's, in a way, it hasn't caught anybody. Right. Off. They're 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 still going through the their training mm-hmm. in anticipation of this moment, and that moment came yesterday with Kim Reynolds. We'll hear from her at eleven. We'll hear from uh, Chris Quayar next. Bill Bender still to come this hour. Miller and Condon are with you until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KXNO and one hundred six. Thank you for supporting Food Bank of Iowa. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Still to come this hour, Bill Bender. From the sporting news on college football right now, Chris Cuellar, uh, communications director for the IHSAA. He joins the program. Baseball, high school baseball, uh, practice June 1st, scheduled June 15th. Chris Cuellar, do we have that right? Thanks for coming on. I know you're a busy guy. How are you, Chris? I'm doing great. You pronounced my last name correctly, and you hit our acronym correctly, so I'm thrilled. Uh, <laughs> well, Mike Cuellar uh, was a Baltimore Oriole in the ah. 60s and 70s, and I'm old, and I remember the lefty for the Orioles very well, so that's how I learned to pronounce your name. Anyways, I know you're a busy well dude. Uh, so, Chris, obviously the uh, the governor gave a whole bunch of uh, made a whole bunch of people happy yesterday, but still I'm assuming a lot of uh, T's to be crossed and I's to be dotted before you uh, before the play resumes on the fifteenth. Um, what's I guess a couple of the priorities that you have to work for through right now? I think that's a great way to phrase it. Um, you know, yesterday was kind of a day of celebration for for high school baseball and softball fans, coaches, uh, you know, players. But uh, this feels like the the baby steps in uh, you know what is going to be a very long process. Um, the biggest the issues that we need to address, um, you know, in the next week are, are some of the protocols and guidelines for our athletic directors, schools, local sites, um, you know, our organizations, our, my, the athletic association governing boys and the girls union governing softball and girls sports. Um, we, we need to issue practical, realistic guidelines that everybody's going to be able to follow because we can't be out at every high school field, making sure these are implemented. We can't take yardsticks out in the outfield to make sure parents are social distancing. So um, that is going to be the biggest challenge, uh, you know, spelling out all those details um, as far as health and safety are concerned and then making sure that they're realistic. You know, Chris, uh, there's so many parameters that, that are in front of you. A big question I know that remains is about testing. Now, 
temperature checks of the players, the coaches, the umpires, all those things certainly are going to happen. But as it pertains to testing, testing for COVID-19, is there anything that you have talked about that can be implemented, or is that going to fall more onto the school's hands? Yeah, uh, any kind of actual increase in testing has to come from the Department of Education and the Department of Public Health. Uh, You know, we don't have the you know, process or <laughs> the expertise to uh, implement those kinds of things. Um, but uh, the state and the Department of Public Health obviously felt comfortable um, with the way testing is going in order to, you know, potentially increase that load with all the people that we're going to have out and about. Uh, Chris Cuellar is our guest. Chris, do you anticipate, look, uh, Johnson and Urbandale and both the Yankees and Dowling and Waukee and Valley and SCP and dot, 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 they've got a number of guys, uh, and, and over on softball, there are a number of girls that will come out and play uh, that still, uh, they'll have enough people on their roster to fill the te- field a team, but maybe not some of the city schools, particularly if there's an extra night. You know, I know Mondays and Wednesdays, but maybe the Fridays are added or a Saturday. Do you anticipate that maybe some of the city schools won't have enough um, guys to to field a team? That's a good question. I'm less concerned about individual school participation than I am about schools, districts, conferences still needing to make the very difficult decision Mm -hmm. of whether they want to participate or not. Um, that that is a huge hurdle. Just because we've cleared the path doesn't mean that every district athletic director coach feels comfortable with going out there. And, you know, we're going to support them regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, to me, that's, that's the much greater challenge. Um, you know, scheduling can kind of be worked around. And I know some conferences are already meeting or, in, or setting up meetings to try and sort out what this adjusted schedule might look like um and everybody's got a different approach on that but um the the biggest thing that we don't know and we might not know until we start to get into june is how many schools are actually going to be playing baseball and softball Hmm. and and if the schools if if there are schools that don't elect to play and let's say i'll I'll use lincoln uh that that lincoln's not going to field a team but there's a couple of guys and gals on lincoln that are you know they really want to this is it for their high school careers their seniors would they be able to join another team and if so how would that happen could they would they be sent to the nearest school? Could they go wherever they want? Uh, so much to work through, Chris. Is that on the uh, on the plate? <laughs> that's a very complicated uh, eligibility hypothetical, um, and that, that's something that we're working on addressing, and I know we're going to have some guidance on those kinds of issues uh, early next week. That's good, and, and certainly good to know because you know that's going to be at the forefront. As it gets to the practices and then into the games, June 1st, the beginning of practice, June 15th, uh, will be, of course, the games will be able to be played on the softball and baseball side. What uh, what have you talked about with the schools? What have you put together in terms of getting these kids together, transportation? I mean, there's so many hurdles that are still there. I know you had a lot of work to put it together, but let's just start with the transportation angle. Bus drivers. Yeah, that that is going to be a list of detailed things that we're going to have to release next week. Uh, the preliminary stuff was just barely scratching the surface on the Department of Education guidance. Um, we're very fortunate. We, we had discussions earlier this week um, with the National Federation's Sports Medicine Advisory Committee, and they issued a 16-page document and some further guidance on, on how to start to you know introduce those kinds of things and what exactly some of those protocols and policies might be. So, um, whether transportation has been the single biggest question I've gotten mm. from ADs over the last 24 hours, um, and that, that's something that 
you know, the casual fan might not be terribly interested, but our schools absolutely need to know uh, whether it's busing or vans or how many people can be involved. Uh, There is a little bit of guidance on that for everybody, and and some of it might be subjective, but those are details we absolutely have to sort out. Uh, Do you anticipate adding extra days to the weekly schedule? Uh, The regular season schedule is entirely up to local school control. Um, So we don't um, put dates in for anybody we don't gotcha. schedule regular season games we just we just schedule postseason so um yeah you know i've heard uh what, what different leagues might do whether it's you know more double headers or fewer double headers or round robins or picking up the schedule like it previously was i've heard that in a few places um so that's entirely uh, up to the school i i did hear speaking of postseason i did uh, believe uh, you were quoted saying that uh, you don't uh, there are no plans to change the uh uh the state tournament at principal park is and i know that the icubs would have been out of town and that they've scheduled it that way but if they don't play baseball this year and it's starting to sound like maybe there won't be minor leagues anywhere this year which would certainly be a blow would that change things maybe that you would back things up trent pointed out off air to me well these seniors a lot of them going to college or a lot of them they've got other plans and they have to be done by the end of july is there a chance that the state tournament could slip back so great question uh i'll give you a two-part answer here (laughs) so regarding principal park um yeah the plan is still to play the tournament there um, and after conversations with, with the staff there, um, July 24th through August 1st is what we previously had, and that's what we have on the schedule today. Um, so that is the plan. Like anything else, we have contingency plans, and we'll continue to make contingency plans, but uh, we'll see how that goes. As for the dates themselves, uh, yeah, we, we're, we're kind of up against it with August 1st. Um, you know, we don't usually play on Sundays, but August 2nd, uh, if it was absolutely necessary from a rain out or just could not get those games in we would have to see um the department of education and governor reynolds have you know told schools that they have the ability to start as soon as august 3rd with the 2020 2021 school year um so that would mean that uh (laughs) you know it it might be some eligibility waivers involved again if some weather gets crazy but um we would have graduated seniors playing baseball uh while the new school year was in process and that, that just seems like an untenable situation for us so uh nothing on on that front and to answer your question more directly we we have no intention of pushing anything back gotcha so if the school year starts august the third and we're seeing colleges that are going to be done by thanksgiving and obviously football means so much to this state might football move forward? Or do you want to even want to yeah. think about that right now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a little bit one game at a time, but it, it's yeah. something we've discussed. Um, as, as of right now, the football schedule is still as it was. Um, and, you know, we would absolutely announce if any of those fall sports schedules uh, start to change. And, you know, they might. I, I just am I'm really hesitant to write anything in stone um, sure. at this point in time. But, um, yeah, it, as it is right now, that, that, that's what we've got. Talking with Chris Cuellar from the Iowa High School Athletic Association. Chris, one question for for you and just the group as a whole. The boys in Boone, as they're uh, affectionately known. <laughs> the It's not just the state of Iowa that's watching. The no. country yes. is watching how this is going to go. How that feels and how that has to be and the pressure that has to be on you and the group. Coaches. To, yes, to, to do this right, to have this roll out in the correct way, boy, you have to be feeling that when you have the 
I mean, SportsCenter's talking about this. Clay Travis is talking about it. On and on and on. This is a national story that high school sports are coming back first in the state of Iowa. It's a lot of responsibility. Um, And it's a lot of responsibility to get it right. It's a lot of responsibility to be safe. Um, And, um, you know, we don't know exactly how this is going to go, Uh, whether it's June 1, June 15th, uh, what happens maybe July 1. Uh, uh, But... We, we tried to institute these protocols with, you know, a lot of assistance from state government and, you know, make the best decision we could with the information we had. But we are asking an awful lot of our coaches and athletic administrators and schools um, at this point, especially because now we're only 10 days away from, from that June 1st date. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a lot of responsibility. And, uh, you know, I think, I think we owe it to everybody involved to, you know, be cautious and get as much information and uh, assistance out as possible. Chris Cuellar. Chris, uh, I read you when you were at the Register. Nice job uh, with your new gig. you got a lot on your plate, a lot of things still up in the air. You're a busy guy, and I understand you don't want to think about football at this point. Baseball <laughs> should be front of mind and uh, as we try and get through this. Chris, thank you for coming on. Great to speak with you. Thank you. Great question, guys. Thanks so much. Yep, good, good to talk to you. Uh, Chris Quayer, good get, Trent Condon. Uh, they got a good one over there in him. They really That's do. That's a good hire. You know, and you heard Chris laugh as I talked about the boys in Boone. And yeah. I've, I've had things to say in the past. Chris was a great hire. Yes, it's he was. a young guy. Yep. A forward-thinking person. And uh-huh. a lot of these changes that we've seen implemented, the outside-of-the-box thinking so on the football So he didn't take side. Bud Legg's job, did he? Or some aspects of it, maybe? Yeah, yeah, a portion of okay. it. And he was still, he was hired on as Bud was still working as he was okay. working his way towards retirement. But yeah, that's a big portion of what Chris does. But just getting new blood in there and, yes, and new ideas. Huge. And the RPI system, and we can argue the merits of that in football. But again, forward thinking, trying to do something more, trying to build a way. And there's never going to be a perfect system, regardless of what it is. We're talking about hundreds of schools all the way from the valleys of the world that have 2,000 kids in there. From you know tenth grade through twelfth grade, all the way down to schools that have forty kids in there, and trying to figure out there's not going to be a perfect system, but it feels like more and more the association has has looked forward and looked big picture and done a good job of that. I'm with you. I mean, do the city schools, if there's a number that don't play, do they form one? Not all star team, but well, you know what well, I mean. And the other part is that'll come down. It won't be just Lincoln or just Hoover. It will be Des Moines Public Schools says you're all not playing, right? And it won't come to the individual school, and that puts talked about Roosevelt, who's going to be mm-hmm. anticipated to be good on you paper this year. you got to let those kids join another team, Trent. Yeah. I don't know how you can prevent them. I really and truly don't. Um, that seems like a slam dunk yeah. from this non-legal mind. Well, and so my cousin played tennis in high school. We didn't have a tennis team at Osage. So he had to go to Charles City, the closest mm-hmm. school to us to play. Is that what it is? Or free agency? Oof. Think of the super teams that are going to be formed there. <laughs> yeah. All right, going to take the best two kids from Lincoln, best uh, three right. from Roosevelt, a couple from Hoover, a kid from North, mm. and here we go. And all of a sudden, our team that looked like they're going to be about 500, yeah, we're number one preseason. Uh, Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Uh, let's get some questions answered pursuant to college football. Bill Bender up next. Oh, do you want to talk to him? You know what he did? He covered one of his first assignments at the Sporting News. He's a young kid, was covering Kobe versus Michael 
Ooh. And Michael is a wizard. Wow. And uh, he wrote about that early in the week. So we'll do that with Bill Bender in college football. We're here till noon. Uh, Kim Reynolds joins us uh, during the show. We'll air her press conference at 11, as we always do. Matt Poston's on the Big 12 from Heartland College Sports at 1130. That's the BMW of Des Moines guest list. It's Miller and Condon. We're with you Monday through Friday from 10 till noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 10- their families. Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Let's get right to Bill Bender. College football conversation in a moment. Uh, Bill, as always, thank you for joining Trent and myself here. I want to start with uh, one of the uh, your pieces from, oh, earlier in the week at some point. The greatest Michael Jordan game. You definitely don't remember, and I didn't remember it. Uh, you wrote about it. You covered it as an intern for Scripps Howard News Service, a 22-year-old a youngster in one of your first gigs, and you covered Kobe versus Michael uh, when Michael was a member of the Wizards, and that game stuck with you, and why wouldn't it? How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. I just, yeah, I wrote about the experience of seeing MJ with the Wizards, and, uh, you know, Kobe and Shaq and the Lakers were there coming off a three-peat. It was this surreal night. You know, Patrick Ewing was an assistant coach. Magic was calling the game, and for a kid like me that, you know, that's something that the last dance kind of conjured up is those memories of how it felt to watch Michael Jordan. And I don't want to get too weird about it, but I mean, that of all the people in that building that night, I just found myself watching him the most because he, you know, obviously was the most interesting sports figure, at least in my lifetime. And, um, the last dance brought that up. I don't know about you guys. I'm not. I'm not feeling all the Michael Jordan bashing that's come at the end of this thing. I, I, I think it's unnecessary. Yeah, totally agree, Bill. And you know, very thankful that uh, ESPN uh, put it out there when they did because the country, I think, the sports fans in the country really needed uh, something to divert their attention from, you know, the normalcy that we're uh, experiencing right now. I thought it was great. I really did. You can poke holes. A lot of people have, but man, oh man, I enjoyed every single one of those ten episodes. So let's get to this, Bill, and that's here and now with college football. Uh, and we're starting to see some plans for some schools moving up the calendar year, and we're going to get uh, kids back in school maybe a little bit earlier. We're going to keep them through Thanksgiving, and then who knows what happens after that. What does that do, if anything, to football? It sounds like the door is open to get players back on campus maybe within the next couple of weeks to begin, in some form anyway, preparation for what looking like a 2020 season. No, it's the tone has changed a lot in the last two weeks, and I'm glad because it's made things, uh, to me, that at least we're going to have football. I just don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know how many fans are going to be there. I don't know how they did the precautions. I don't know when it's going to start. But it seems like we're trending toward where they're going to prepare guys to play football, especially um, in Big Ten country. I think one of the adv- advantages for Big Ten schools, I mean, Iowa might have this advantage too. Big stadiums are huge. And – uh that way you may be able to get some fans in there. I don't know if they'll be full houses and what we're accustomed to seeing, but just hearing Gene Smith talk about, you know, anywhere from thirty to fifty thousand fans in the stands, that's a really good sign to me. Yeah, and yesterday, just to pick up on that, no, it's not a Big Ten school, but uh, Jamie Pollard and Iowa State held a uh, a cyber meeting yesterday with 
hundreds of fans. Jamie Pollard uh, floated out there that he thinks Jack Trice, which holds roughly 60,000, his number in the back of his mind, he thinks that they'll be able to accommodate 30,000. So maybe 50% capacity is a number that a lot of ADs are using. Go ahead, Trent. And we're still talking about May here, and we're talking late August, early September, and how different things may look by the time we get to that. It's still a whole lot of hurdles in front of it. In terms of testing, I've heard Bob Bowlesby the other day, he mentioned every two to three days testing each player. There's a part of it, too, though, that you say, boy, we're using all these tests and all these athletes when there's still people out there that haven't been tested, that feel like they should be tested. There is that yin and yang, yin and yang that is still there, both at the collegiate and the, the professional side of things. How do you look at testing? And to test... 150 guys basically each and every day. Is it realistic for a college program? That's going to cost a lot of money. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's something to keep in mind. And, you know, Jim Harbaugh was talking yesterday and he talked about the logistics of testing 100,000 people and it's to, to get in a game. And I don't think that's going to be easy. Um, you know, and I think the other thing I keep hearing is there's this acceptance that players are going to get covid during the season and like it's but to me that's not it's not an ankle sprain you know that's not a torn acl even that's something that you know given the the state that we're living in i don't know it's not as easy for me to live with that as others just because i think you again you open yourself up to lawsuits you open hey we didn't know this guy had this or those kind of things i mean somebody asked me this morning what if the entire quarterback is in the quarantine Mm -hmm. what do you do then um so there are a lot of hurdles to clear, and I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer about it, but I'm just saying there's. I like the signs that we're seeing. I think we have a long way to go, and nobody, as you guys know, if you're talking to me, nobody wants sports more than me. Right. Yeah, I'm with you. Bill Bender from the Sporting News uh, is our guest. I know, Bill, and I'm assuming Sporting News is the same way. They've kind of delayed in uh, putting anything out there. Phil Steele's not coming out until August, uh, et cetera, et cetera, because – I anticipate the. Well, maybe I mean, I'm gonna get pick your brain on this. Do you anticipate that there'll be tweaks to schedules uh, in the months ahead before we at least? And then obviously those wouldn't be set in stone because we don't know what this virus is going to do. It's got a mind of its own. But do you anticipate that there'll be you know tweaks in schedule between now and you know sometime in August? Probably. Uh, I mean, you, you mentioned it's hard to put out too much preview stuff. I mean, we have our top 25 and top 25 quarterbacks. And I was staring at bull projections yesterday. Like, Yeesh. what do I do? Right. I mean, you know, like, what if, what if I'll probably just put them out there as is and then make adjustments as we go. I mean, maybe some of these bulls get canceled. Right. Maybe some of these schools don't go, but I think that's the best way to do it. Now, as you guys know, once you get into June, it's the, it's that magazine talking season part of the season yep. that we all, as college football fans, love it more than everybody else. And that's kind of, I've been talking through, my, through it with my editors. It's like, I'm, it's not that I'm not working. It's just, it's hard to make some of those calls when we don't know if they're even going to play. So, but we'll put it out there for you guys to look at. And um, it had, the good thing is I've been talking more about a potential season than what we're dealing with. I don't, I don't know if they're doing this in Iowa. They're, they're starting youth baseball up next month. Same. We're going to try to do it. And June 1st here, Bill. So a couple things I heard. You know, coaches are going to have to wear masks. Players are probably going to have like three or four kids in the dugout. I think it will be a nice challenge for us. But we've noticed, and, and I wouldn't project my values on anybody else, that when you talk to the kids and their parents, that 
there are some parents that aren't going to do it. There are some mm-hmm. parents that are kind of cautious, and there are some parents that want to go out and, and play full go right now. And, and I think everybody has a point, and, and you want to listen to everybody. Couldn't agree more. Bill Bender from the Sporting News with us here. Find him on Twitter at BillBender92. Bill, uh, jumping into the looking towards football, you mentioned to me right before we came on the air, you were talking about Ohio State, the Buckeyes, obviously the behemoth, and talking about the last time that Iowa won there. Iowa goes to Ohio State this year, also Penn State. How about that for a (laughs) back-to-backer? We'll see what it looks like inside the stadium at that point, but... Iowa, not a whole lot of success in Ohio Stadium. Nobody has had much success, though, in the shoe. No, I, I got this table up. I wish I would have published this before I came on with you guys, but <laughs> Iowa's last win there was in 91. No, a lot of the folks down in Michigan we talked about this yesterday. You know, you got to beat Ohio State. you got to beat Ohio yeah. State. Well, everybody has trouble beating Ohio State, and that's kind of my point. Um, you know, since Urban Meyer got there, I've, I've told you guys this a couple times, they, they've only lost one Big Ten game at home. They only lost three Big Ten home games in the last decade. <laughs> I mean, think about that. I mean, you, you, it's almost like when you get that pelt like Iowa did when they beat them at home um, in 17, yeah. you hold on to that one pretty tightly. They, High State only lost 11, 11 Big Ten games from 2010 to 2019. Mm. So with schedule's not set in stone, Bill. Is there any way... You know, and again, it sounds like Thanksgiving students are going to be let out, and that's going to be it. Is there any way that we move things up? Is it's probably too late to do that, right? Even by a week or two. Um, you know, I I, I don't know if that's the answer. I mean, maybe. Um, it sounds like a bunch of academic institutions are going to do things a lot of different ways. Again, that, that transcends to the local. I can speak to the local level. I know we have a lot of questions here about how they're going to do school with kids. Not a college student. College students is much harder than, well, is college students much harder than third graders and fourth graders? I don't know. Um, probably different challenges both ways. So I think, you know, again, you got to get students on the campuses safely. I, I think it's a big test to see if you can get the student athletes on campus safely. And uh, hopefully this works out. I will say. Bill Bender, Sporting News. Bill, thank you as always. Great to talk to you. We do seem like it's. Uh, that light that seems so far on the, the end of that tunnel, getting a little bit closer, maybe some uh, some clarity in the uh, uh, in the weeks to come pursuant to college football. Thank you, Bill Bender. Hey, you guys are great. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. Bill Bender uh, from the Sporting News. Yep, Pollard, 30000 potentially at Jack Trice, Gene Smith, 50000 at the Shoe. I don't know about Bulls. That to me is a big... Is what is there, 42 now, I think it is? a boatload of them. Still going to play the college football playoff. Yeah, for sure. That's going. Playing the Rose Bowl. I would think that they would be, uh, for sure. The major ones. Uh-huh. The, the ones that are on the chopping block. Is Outback Bowl still going to be played? Maybe. The ones before Christmas, I think, would be very much They had a 9-3, 8-4 and and season. Outback Bowl, good. Couple of the more major six and six play, six and sixteen for the Mac going to play on December 20th. Well, and that's another big part of this is because... You look at some of these conferences and the amount of money that you normally lose oh, in these games. Bonanza, Trent. The Big Ten can handle it. Right. Big 12 can handle it. Yeah. Conference USA? Oh. Good luck. I'm with you. All right, Governor Kim Reynolds, she'll lead off the 11 o'clock hour. We carry her press conference uh, daily. Uh, at 11.35, Matt Postens covers the Big 12 for Heartland College Sports. Also covers the Cowboys. 
uh, for the Maven. So we'll get him in here and look forward to speaking with him. So we take you until noon. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.